get into the podcast since I hit the record button and I forgot it does the automatic voice there. <laughs> so welcome to another episode of Stories from a Bar. I'm your host, Chris Osborne. And for this episode, I'm excited to be hanging out with Matt Fowler, guitar player for the band Arrows in Action. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How you doing? Good. If you see me looking off to the side a lot, that's just because that's where my notes are. <laughs> okay. Okay. So not that I, I've not, uh, it's not like I'm not interested. I just need to... <laughs> Oh, there's just something keep, to keep track. Over. Yes. Something <laughs> shiny over over here. That's distracting me. So I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be on. Uh, thanks for having us on. I, I yeah. saw you recently had someone who's now a good buddy of ours. You had Alex from Young Culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. Alex on a while ago before they went on tour with Grayscale. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that was in the fall. Actually, I got it. I got I learned about them because Alex and Gabe and Troy, who I haven't met yet, because I didn't have a chance to talk to them at the show. Of course, there's so much stuff going on, but they all yeah. went to school with my uh, a younger cousin of mine. So that's actually how I found out about young culture. Oh, sick. Okay. Yeah. So they're good friends with a, one of my younger cousins. And then, uh, so I had actually, I had known the name for a long time. And then I just finally, after a couple of years, listened to them. I'm like, these guys are awesome. They are. <laughs> they are. And they are. They're the sweetest people. Super fun on the road. Oh, yeah. Alex was a super cool guy. And I hope to run into Gabe and Troy one of these days, too. Oh, yeah. But uh, so for anyone out there listening, Arrows in Action is certainly more than one person. There's a couple other members. And those are Jesse Frimmel on drums and Victor. I don't know if I'm I probably butcher his last name. Viramontes Pattinson. Pattinson. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. <laughs> is it? Nice. Yeah. Does he go by Victor or Vic? Uh, either one. I don't think I've ever actually met someone in like in real life named Victor. I hadn't either until Victor. It's a shame. He could have been my first. <laughs> hey, maybe he will be next time. <laughs> it's true. It's that option is still out there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, shout out to your manager, Jacob, for helping get us in touch and set this up. Yes, absolutely. Shout he out see, to he seemed like a nice guy. Everything. He is. So Jacob's been with us since the... All, just about the very beginning pretty much the very beginning for me and uh like we all met in college and so he's just been another band member you know like he's in our group chat we talk to him every morning and, and we all live in the same city again now so yeah he is he's the man nice um i'd like to of course when i'm not doing a beer related episode or something like that at least shout out a local brewery of something i'm drinking so nice. i am drinking from common roots brewing up in north Clents falls new york some Good fortune IPA. One of the one of the great things where I live, I love two things as hobbies, and that's beer and music. So it's just <laughs> basically why I started the podcast. I had a friend that started podcasting about video games. I'm like, well, what do I love? I love drinking, talking to strangers, and music. So that's <laughs> that's brought me here. <laughs> I love those things too. Honestly, what's the video game podcast that your friend does? That's another uh, passion of mine. Uh, that's called video game crosstalk. He does some video game stuff and uh, a lot of technology stuff. So he also talks to like tech people, uh, just people doing interesting stuff in tech industries as well as video game stuff. Uh, one out too. Yeah, and we're in we're in Albany, New York. There's a lot of awesome breweries around here. There's also some game studios that have been popping up. So he's busy. Actually, he's working on putting together uh, a con of some kind. I won't go into more details because I think that's still in the works. Nice. So we got that coming up. And uh, just a bunch of awesome breweries up this way, too. Dang, that's I'll, I'll have to check stuff out uh, next time we're up there. I think great local bands, to too. <laughs> I think we'll be up there soon. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good music there. And that's the thing with touring is you never really have enough time to like 
really explore the places, but I hope I'll be able to go explore some more Albany someday soon. Nice. We're going to talk a lot about fun things. I have some some good notes, but first off, I want to hear about, you guys just recently got off a tour with Young Culture and Bearings and Between You and Me, right? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Want, I want to hear about this tour, man, because that's an awesome lineup. I actually, well, I hadn't listened to you guys probably until a month or so ago, actually. Oh, sick. And I came across you guys on Twitter, thanks to me following those other three bands. I'm seeing everything they're retweeting. So your name started popping up. And so at one day at work, I just threw it on at my desk on Spotify and just let it go down the list. I mean, like, these guys are awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, that, that tour was a blast. That was, um, it was, it was our first full U.S. tour. Um, so before that, we, had, we, had, we were out with this wildlife for like, you know, like a week and a half in December. And before that uh, was COVID. And really, we had never toured. Um, we were gearing up to and then everything hit. So Oof. this was our first full uh, lap around the U.S. And we were added with eight days notice, which was uh, <laughs> insane, but kind of just added to the lore of it for us it was really exciting like we were at a rehearsal when we got the call so we were like okay i guess this rehearsal is a lot more consequential now this is great <laughs> um but yeah those everyone in those bands and and crew slash management alike were amazing and everyone was telling us the whole time they're like you guys are so spoiled not every tour is like this not everyone's this amazing so i'm you know I know that all the tours we do in the future are going to be great, but I think I'll always be reminiscing to what was basically just a big summer camp with all those people. I mean, well, yeah, following the social media, it all looked like you guys were just partying all the time. And actually, thanks to when I started following Young Culture, that's how I discovered Bearings and Between You and Me. And yeah. I've just been listening to those albums. Hello, it's you. It's you and Armageddon, just like not they're in constant rotation <laughs> almost since I've discovered them months ago at this point. Yeah, I, it's, it's cool to like because I had already listened to all those bands and I liked everything. And then after I got to know everyone and, you know, every, everyone's still pretty close, just messaging each other constantly, hoping that we'll get to go on the road again. And, and now that like I know how great everyone is, I went you know deep dove into everyone's catalog and now I'm regularly listening to my friend's music that I genuinely love because yeah, all three of those bands are so fucking good. Oh, it's, can I? Hmm. Oh, yep. <laughs> nope. You're good. You're good. Okay. No, language good. is okay. fine. Okay. Okay, language cool. is fine. <laughs> it's Gen- little... I should, I forgot to put that disclaimer out there. The, generally the only thing I ever say is basically try to avoid politics. Mm. It's fair. Kind of mm. other, that can go off the rails quick. <laughs> yeah. Easy. But cursing green light. Cursing's probably. good. Green light. The more, <laughs> the more, the better. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, man, that uh, uh, I think I wanted to go to one of those shows so bad, but I think the closest one that was going to come by was Brooklyn. And that would have been at least a three hour train ride or so uh, yeah. from Albany with a connecting train. I probably would have had to get off at MSG or Penn Station. Yeah, I, I always forget that even if something is like geographically close up there, it's it's not actually close in, in transit. Like I, I've learned that because my, my best friend lives in. I think part of yeah, part of Manhattan now. And he was telling me about the trains and it was just like, you know, it looks like it's 15, a 15 minute drive, but it's not. It's going to take an hour. Oh, no, I, I'll never drive my car in the city. Whenever I go down, it's I mean, it's what's cool is it's close enough for a day trip from Albany. So we can catch I can catch a train from Albany to the city uh, about two hours and 45 minutes, I think is the shortest yeah. one. So it's an easy day trip, but I'll, I'll never drive into the city. I don't want to deal with that. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> just bad traffic. And what's funny is if you talk to anybody that's not from New York and you say you're from New York, they automatically think the city. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've, been, uh, I've been doing my best to not have that assumption anymore because there's there's a lot of New York that is not oh, yeah. New York, New York. Honestly, like out of Manhattan and Brooklyn and the burbs <laughs> down there, it's almost all farm. Like, like yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah. open area, like in Albany's the capital, which I don't think a lot of people outside of New York will realize if you're talking to them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's always fun. Cause I lived in South Carolina for a while and I'd say I'm from New York and they just assume city. Assume the yeah, ass in New York city, man. What part of South Carolina? Uh, Greenville Spartanburg. So it was like that upper Northwest corner. Okay. Cool. I was about an hour and a half from Charlotte, a little less of a drive. Yeah. 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 I've been to Charlotte plenty of times. So I'm I'm hoping that we'll play there soon. But uh, Charlotte was cool. I've I've been drunk there, gotten tattooed there. That um, sounds about right. And literally any any flight I've ever been on that's gone south has stopped in Charlotte. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just for a layover. Yeah, everyone's been there at least once. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, I discovered you guys after I started following the other bands on Twitter. Like one of these days, I hope to have a chance to talk to the guys and bearings or even between you and me i think that would be fun just because i don't think i've hung out with a bunch of aussies before <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> they uh the, <laughs> the australians uh know how to keep the party going and they're also just uh super kind and and good under pressure you know they're they're just wonderful people to be around <laughs> yeah man i uh yeah they always look like fun i yeah it's on my bucket list, I got to try to meet Chris Hemsworth. He just seems like an awesome guy to hang out with. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that reminds me, I still haven't, I am not caught up on my Marvel shit. I should probably do that. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Uh, the Moon Knight show just wrapped. It just which wrapped. I watch. Yeah. That wrapped up. Yeah. That's done. That had six episodes. That's what. So are you guys driving around in a van? I assume when we, you run to we are. We, so we, we had to rent a van because we had not yet bought one. And with such short notice, we just had to rent one. So we were driving a 15-passenger, uh, just no trailer. We just took a bunch of the seats out and just shoved all of our <laughs> shit in the back. Uh, there was only four of us because it's just us and our manager. So, like, yeah, we were good. We're, we were, we're now in the market for a van because now we have a little bit of time before we go back out. And, um, yeah, I, I, it's tough, though, because, like, the used market is – it's crazy. Everything's so expensive. Oh, uh, yeah, man. COVID, it's, um, I'm trying to get as much life out of my car as possible. My car's 12 years old now, mm. something like right around there. And I, I've always said, I said this with my last car too. I'll drive it until one of us dies. Because uh, <laughs> there's no, like, just for your own personal car, there's no better feeling than not having a car payment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, like yeah. I will drive this until one of us dies. And that I came close on my one, uh, when I had a Jeep Wrangler, I brought like the brakes had gone on me. So I brought it into the shop and I don't remember how old it was at the time, 10 or 11 years. And they're like, other parts of this have rusted off. Like you're missing pieces. We can't just straight up fix this. Like you're probably oh, lucky God. to be alive. <laughs> like, yeah. Are you kidding me? I was on the interstate last week. <laughs> oh God. I've got, I've never gotten that bad, but I've had, I drove like a, when I got rid of it, it was like a 20 year old car. And then now I have like a seven year old car, but I want to make it last until it's probably life threatening again. Cause I like, can't afford to do anything else. Right now. Oh yeah. Well, 
I suspect cars will last longer in the South because you guys won't have to deal with the salt and stuff from plows in the winter. That's oh, one. Exactly. That's definitely one thing I remember from living down there. I think. The oh yeah, it, nothing. Nothing gets rusty. It's it's great. I think um, the um, South Carolina would get some bad ice storms, and I think the whole state probably only had one plow or salt truck. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that shit would just that shit would just stay on the road. Well, it's funny because places like places like South Carolina, places like Tennessee, it snows a little bit. Well, yeah. a little bit. It snows heavily for like a short period of time. And it seems like every time it happens, it's just absolute mayhem of like, oh, God, how do we deal with this? And it's like, you knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, I remember school being canceled once because I was in high school at the time. We got they got an inch of snow by nine o'clock. Everything was dry. I'm like, this is awesome. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was like my first year down there. So I was one of the things when I started listening to you guys that jumped out at me almost immediately was actually Victor's voice. Yeah. Such an awesome voice. And what was cool about it to me was uh, it sounded it had such a familiar sound, probably just from years of listening to pop punk and, you know, this kind of music. But at the same time, it's unique in its own way. Like I'm sitting there and I'm thinking of all these other influences I think I can hear in him. But, you know, he still sounds uh, like himself. I'm not comparing him to anybody. So I'm curious, like, what are you, what were your influences once you got into making music and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, so. It's interesting because uh, my influences are are pretty different than the guys. I mean, when I when I first started playing music, and even kind of like right before that, I loved like the like the Foo Fighters, ACDC, Black Sabbath. Like when I was learning how to play guitar, that's what I was listening to. My favorite music growing up, though, was like Bob Marley and James Taylor and the Beatles and stuff like that. And when I, although it was was a lot more relevant for the early sound of errors in action. Uh, so even before I was in the band, Jesse and Victor met because they both were in love with like all time low and, ah. uh, you know, like yellow card and stuff. And so I think when I first heard Victor's voice, I hadn't listened to any of that music. A lot of people hear him and go like, Oh, he's doing a Brendan Urie thing. Oh, he's doing an Alice Gascar thing. I heard them and I was just like, wow, that's really fucking good. I don't, that, I don't that, it's, fu- it's funny you mentioned that those are two people I thought of but I'm like it, it's still unique enough to be his own voice yeah yeah and that's and that, I mean that is that does so much for us right because it's I think in the pop punk lane which we're kind of adjacent to but not totally in it can be tough to to totally distinguish yourself and you know we're just grateful every day that Victor's voice just immediately does that and it comes from a lot of practice and a lot of not like professional training, but training himself, mm-hmm. <laughs> like to pushing his range and, and listening to all sorts of music. So, yeah, Victor's Victor's great. <laughs> yeah. you And you guys have a, a couple EPs, I think, but another, at least another one or two besides Be More, right? I think. And some other singles. Yes. So yep. there, before Be More, there was uh, four singles. And then there was Hell in Paradise yep. in 2019. And yeah, that was good. That, coasting. Uh, and I, I was not in the band for coasting. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like I said, once I, I mean, I've been listening to Be More and the new song, uh, Put You Through Me. And the yeah. other two standout tracks for me were This Time and uh, Failing on Purpose. Those are, those songs are just fucking awesome. Sick. Thank Great you. rockers. And, but I, when I'm at work, I'll just let the Spotify list go down. And then, of course, I, I picked up the EP on Bandcamp and stuff like that. Um, 
So what, like, what's the songwriting process like for you guys then? Yeah. Is, uh, is there any, do you have like a certain style that you work or is it just kind of random and comes together when it comes together? We tried a lot of different things. Tip, typically how it starts and what has worked best for us is uh, Victor will have a melody idea or a chord progression or both. And it can be, sometimes it's literally just, you know, 20 seconds and it's just i want to sing this thing over this thing we're like great and sometimes it's a little more structured he thinks that maybe this can be a verse maybe this can be the chorus but we just take those bones and usually go in with a producer friends and then i will track guitars sort of start making things a little bit more robust jesse obviously will do like program drums and keys and just sort of give it more of a like breathe some more life into it and then once we've created like a more of a mood from it you know there's a lot more instrumentation now maybe there's a cool little re-intro thing and we have a first chorus structure and we bounce that and then victor will go uh write lyrics to it while we're tinkering with the track yeah so that and that's that's the most common way because ever since we moved to nashville we do a lot of like session writing you know where we just get together with some friends and do it that way and we've had a lot of great stuff come out of that we've also had a lot of great stuff come out of just like sitting with two acoustic guitars and and knocking everything out and then going and recording it no, um man. yeah but that's there's, there's usually the two options there yeah nice so i know really the basics of how the band started just based what was on the website and stuff jesse started it in 2015 uh sounds like he met victor first and they had a little history before you hopped on so how did it that come together yeah they so they met it's funny because eras in action used to be jesse's the only original member technically <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny to say because we you know the 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 start of the band really feels like it was 2018 when the three of us were like, Oh, this is the dream team. We got this. Let's make this our job, you know, like, but, but really, yeah. I mean, Jesse started arrows in action. It was sort of like, it was a cover band. It was him and um, some other friends. And then, I mean, uh, more bands start as cover bands than you realize and you just never hear about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, and that's how I met Victor too, is because him and I got hired to be in this cover band that played, you know, sorority fraternity parties and stuff in college just to pay rent and we met that way so when they needed the first the bass player i joined and then i switched to guitar because that's like my main thing that i had always done but yeah i mean jesse met victor actually because jesse was opening for victor's first band um <laughs> and the band is only named arrows in action because victor said hey man you need to name the band and jesse was like uh we don't have a band name. Just, okay, we have to figure it out. And that's just what they made up. So that was, that was my next question. The obligatory where the band name come from question. <laughs> yeah, that's a, unfortunately, Jesse has, uh, has to answer to that. But yeah, I like it. it. I'm like, it took me a, l a little bit. I'm like, arrows in action. It, it grew on me quick. I'm like, it seems odd. But now the more I think about it, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like that. It is odd. And we've had discuss we well, a long time ago now. We had discussion of changing it and everything. And then it, it turns out that like, and Jesse always makes this point. He, he said this every night on our first tour, because uh, we would say who we were to the crowd. And he would say, I know it's a weird sounding band name, but all band <laughs> names are bad until you're famous. That's not and wrong. Like, That's not wrong. Because Limp Biscuit, Dumb name at first. Dumb name. There's, pl there's plenty of other examples, but I was like, you know what? That's very good. So the band name gains more meaning every day. And it's, you know, it's really good for SEO because if you type in arrows or arrows in action, 
It does. It's one of the first things to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> like no, no one else is called arrows in action. Like that's 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 the hardest part, I would think, of coming up with the name, finding something that isn't already overloaded to some exactly. extent. Exactly. Yeah, and we came in with that done for us, so we we're like, all right, nice. <laughs> like, so when you joined the band, do you remember the first show you guys played together? Oh, that's a good question. So, so yes, yeah, so like I said, like when I originally joined the band, they just needed a, a substitute bass player. So if I'm counting that, I, I think, yeah, the, I think the first show I played with them was at this place called Hardback Cafe in Gainesville, Florida. Ah, oh, Gainesville. Is that is that where in Florida you're from? Yes. Well, so actually, yeah, we're all from uh, slightly different parts of Florida, but we met in Gainesville for college because that's where okay. you at. Is. Yeah. Honestly, the uh, the only reason I'm probably very familiar with that town is because of less than jake <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh roger's a friend of ours we is he um, really I, yeah yeah i mean it's it's i haven't talked to him in a while but like when we were in gainesville we ran into each other all the time and we go to shows and our, our some two close friends of mine are his other band so rehasher is oh wow and alex and tony's our old bass player and, and close friend of ours still and I'm actually going to see Less Than Jake. They're coming to town with Bowling for Soup next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's I'm pumped up for be, that show. That's a fucking great lineup. And I, I think, oh, who's opening for that? It's a, a The Aquabats group. are on this. Lake. Oh, on that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the Aquabats, man. Aquabats yeah, it's, are- um. actually, I was the lead singer of Bowling for Soup and the guitar player were doing their acoustic tour and we're going to be playing in Albany back in February. And I had tickets oh. to go see it. And I got in touch with Jarrett from Bowling for Soup. I all I did was like I posted. I'm like, it's on my bucket list to have a beer with you guys. So he started messaging me. He's like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. And then the show yeah. got canceled because I think uh, Rob's wife went into labor early, and there was a snowstorm, oh, so wow. they ended up canceling it. I'm like, oh man, that's good for him. Yeah. I'm a little bummed out, <laughs> but yeah, I was gonna say of all the reasons for cancellation, that is I'm like, most- I I'll let that slide. I, yeah. I feel like <laughs> being there for the birth of your ch- first child is probably acceptable. Probably, probably acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to try and reach out to Jared again well, as that gets closer. I'm like, let's get that beer. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys definitely got it. And now I have an opening to talk to Roger for less than Jake. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, Roger's, Roger's awesome. Like I said, it's it's been since we lived in Gainesville. So maybe like a year. But man, he was so good to us. And my first band from high school recorded with him at Moathouse and, you know, he, you know, arrows recorded there. We played some shows of Rehasher. Yeah, really, That's awesome. really good people. Yeah, I'm, I miss some stuff about Gainesville. Yeah. So, how long? When did you guys decide to move to Nashville? Then we, well, we decided to move to Nashville, sort of like during, during the height of actual quarantine. So when we were we were living in Gainesville, um, after I graduated college, we all moved into a house together, and we were there for two years. But sort of towards the end of the first one, we were talking about moving out of Florida to get somewhere a little bit more, you know, just advantageous for making your way in the industry. No way. Um, I think. And and we had great experiences in Nashville because we had already kind of started recording up there. We had some friends up here and we were like, OK, we, so when we can get out of Florida, you know, after everything, we got to go. And uh, so we, we had made the decision quite a while earlier. So. It was a slow band-aid to rip off, but uh, it was good because we got to kind of say our goodbyes, you know, in Florida. So I'm di- I haven't been to Nashville, man. I'm dying to get down there just even for like a three-day weekend. Yeah. Um, but 
just as someone that's always loved music, I've never, I mean, I've never been a huge fan of country music. It's grown on me a little bit more as I've gotten older and I've heard the influences more in the, like the singer songwriter stuff that I get into right. and things like that. So that's helped. But just the image of Nashville has changed so much over the years. It seems like, like it was, it was the country place to be. And now literally it's almost like a hot spot for any kind of type of music and band. So many places, so many bands are coming out of there. I think, I think the band Caminos in that area mm-hmm. really enjoy them and just countless others at this point. Yeah, we're big band Camino fans as well. A lot of people that would surprise you are out of Nashville. It is still a huge hub for country, for sure. Oh, yeah. But it's it's also super not that, which is which is great. It, it, it is exactly what you said. Uh, people from all sorts of different backgrounds and different genres and everything are coming to Nashville for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's 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 certainly more affordable to live here than New York uh, City or LA because it, yeah, I mean, it, that was one of the main reasons that we were looking at it. We were like, okay, like what are our options that like, where do we think it'll actually help us to move? And we talked about Chicago. We talked about New York. We talked about LA, about Atlanta. We were like, you know what, let's, let's do Nashville because it's affordable. We already have friends there and uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. It's, it's nice. People are really friendly too. It's not clicky, you know? Nice. Yeah, I get one of these weekends, three day weekend, just fly on down. I got to do that. Barbecue, beer, and music. That's what I want. That's where it is. Dude, you'll get it here. There's. <laughs> I still haven't really gotten to explore the brewery scene. I I, uh, I was very familiar with a lot of breweries that I liked in Florida, of course, because that's where I lived until pretty recently. Um, I haven't gotten to do much exploring here, but from the few places I've been, there is great beer here and obviously great music here. So you'd love it. Oh yeah. So like. What convinced you to eventually pick up an instrument growing up? Like, where's your love of music come from? You talked about some influences, of course, some early influences, it sounded like. Yeah, really early influences were like James Taylor and Beatles and, you know, stuff my mom played in the car. I really, really, weirdly enough, I've looked back and realized like the records that I liked because a song will play and I'll be like, oh, this is like a war B-side. How did I not know? (laughs) You know, like I instantly know it all in time. Because I recently went through my mom's record collection when I moved out. So, like, honestly, some, like, old school. And, like, the Commodores and stuff, too. Like, old school. Oh, yeah. But I really wanted to play guitar. It's tough to remember. So, I started playing when I was nine. That's why it's tough to remember. I, I, I definitely, like, I saw videos of people playing. I think the Foo Fighters were probably, like, the first band that made me go, like, wow, I really want to do that. Um, the first guitar player I heard though that made me go like what's that sound I want to make that sound was uh, George Harrison um, okay. the solo and come together yep. I love that love singing that and then I, I really got serious about it because my brother was getting serious about it um, in high school band and stuff and then now he doesn't even play, any for, play anymore now. <laughs> so, yeah uh, but long winded sorry but yeah that's it's tough to remember but that's pretty much mine yeah I, I was thinking about this before I started. I've been doing this podcast for just over four years now. And when I'm not doing it or when I'm doing it with complete strangers, I still get a little nervous. Like before oh, yeah. I do them, uh, like the beer, it's one of the reasons I chug beer. That helps a little social lubricant <laughs> helps loosen things up. The beer. I don't even uh, got LaCroix. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I uh, like it, when I like when I reach out to somebody I don't know, or try to set something up. I, I don't want to encourage them and say you should be drinking or <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah. I, like, 
I, I don't want to force that. I don't know what their situation is. Right, right. I don't want that to come across uh, to somebody that may have had a problem in the past or something like that. So that's why I don't be like, yeah, get a drink. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a safe move. But you know, with the with the podcast theme, they they know, you know, I know they're good. Um, yeah, you. I mean, it's called stories from a bar. So, but yeah. <laughs> but where I was going with that is like, do you guys still get nervous before you go on stage at all or playing in front of people? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys deal with that? Out of curiosity. Um, I think everyone's got their everyone's got their own way of dealing with it, and I will say Jesse probably gets the least nervous. Or is the least likely to admit that he's nervous. Um, <laughs> I have to. I usually just. I drink a lot of water, and then we need. I need two different moments, and we, usually this is what Victor needs too, and we always do it. I need one where I'm outside, no stimulation, just kind of calming down, having some water, and then I go in, and I want to make sure that we have a moment together where we're hanging out, and laughing about something, and then going on stage. Because I always, I love the Foo Fighters mentality of uh you know you want to go on stage in a good mood it's almost like oh, the yeah. whole, you don't want to go to bed in a bad mood you don't want to go on stage in a bad mood that makes so sense we just you know just goof around i think is the solution usually yeah um, and i read actually i read dave Grohl's book not long ago i got it for christmas i burned through it in like a week it was awesome but i think he oh yeah so they I do know. uh he says he basically drinks two beers and they do their kind of celebration shot of jaeger or something before they go on stage yeah, <laughs> uh, they're just sitting around joking with each other before going out there. Yep. And then they like to celebrate with KFC and fried chicken and champagne. Yeah, KFC and champagne is their <laughs> their post show ritual, which I and just I was uh, yeah I was so bummed to hear about Taylor Hawkins though that was that was a shocker. That was a shock. That was a that was that was rough for me. That was a because like like I've mentioned them you know three times already. That I oh yeah grew up obsessing over the Foo Fighters. Uh, so Me was... too, man. Uh, but they were they were just a rock band that's been around so long, but every album they put out was just quality, a quality rock album. Oh, yeah. I had seen them four times and I was planning a fifth. They, they just, you know, they were going to be like, you know, this generation's stones or something, you know? Yeah. It was funny because literally, I don't remember who said it. I was, I don't, and I don't remember if I was watching the Grammys when it happened or if i read about it the next day someone whoever won best rock album that year immediately started off by thanking the foo fighters for not releasing an album that year (laughs) (laughs) because it was almost like a default that they would win every year they at this point i think they're they they're currently the most winning american rock band when it comes to grammys yes yeah i believe so yeah, I mean, because, you know, whenever they did it, it just had some sort of classic quality to it. Not to say they weren't changing their sound and, you know, that there weren't other people deserving of it, but it just, it it, it never seemed forced. It always seemed to make sense when they won something because you're like, yeah, I mean, that was really fucking good. Especially like with Wasting Light, right? Like, which I think is Oh, the yeah, that one's my so, favorite. Yeah, like everything in there, you know, it's a, it's a front to back album. Any song could have been a single. They're all super good. And just the idea that it's recorded to tape, those performances are almost entirely, you know, played all the way through. Like that takes a lot of fucking time and skills. Oh, yeah, man. And one of the things I think I appreciate most about them as I was reading the book, they're like, 
they they i mean they go album to album they're not signed they have their own label like they do it because they want to do it still they were still doing it because they wanted to do it yep and that's another that's another thing that i love about them that again on a much smaller scale i look at our band we are independent and we want to have our own label uh someday and so looking at bands like the Foo fighters looking at bands uh like the main is a band we talk about a lot where you know you Dude, sort of, i can't stop listening to their new song with taken back sunday and and uh, charlotte yeah. charlotte yeah 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 that song is great and that whole the whole uh album uh, that they're touring on right now is is phenomenal too i love the main yeah I, i've been meaning to get back more into them i've dabbled in them but i haven't really deep dive into any of their much of their catalog but that's all like that song's getting radio play up here and everything and we don't have we have a couple good stations, but none, uh, only one station that ever plays them when it comes on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Right. But uh, let's, we should probably talk about your music and Arrows and Action yeah. <laughs> instead sure. of the Foo Fighters and the May. <laughs> so let's talk about the new song you guys just put out within the last couple of weeks, Put You Through Me. That's a great song. It's probably, the, I don't know if I listened to that first before the EP or I heard the EP first. But uh, I was really into it. Like I said, Victor's voice sounds great. But uh, so why don't you tell me a little bit about Put You Through Me and how this song came together? You yeah, mind. absolutely. Yeah, um, we are super proud of the song, super proud of the music video. That was, so that song came from Victor's first Nashville writing session, actually. And it was, it was a really great, comfortable situation. Um, I say comfortable because a lot of sessions you go in and you're meeting someone for the first time and you sort of have to get into a workflow and then the good ideas start hitting. But um, we had known Spencer uh, for years because uh, he also went to UF and he left after the graduation for Nashville, sort of passed his cover gig on to Victor and everything. So they had this history together and Spencer was like, well, I can get you in a room. You could just come right with me. And this song, you know, came out of that. And a, a lot of a lot of what's in there was part of that first day. You know, obviously we took the bones from that first session and made it what it is, made it huge and added, you know, keys and guitars and changed some of the lyrics and structure, but just the bones of it were just so raw and it was just yeah, it was it was beautiful. And you could tell that it was written with a friend about a real thing you know Victor oh, yeah. said phrase, i just don't want to see anybody right now because i just don't think i could put them through me and spencer was like that's that's we're doing that but that sentence is what we're basing today on it was like yeah i like the uh, there's a story in there and it's awesome because it's not something i don't th- i maybe i've heard it in song before but it hasn't clicked but i'm listening to this i'm like i feel like i'm such a mess i don't want to put someone else through that basically yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's something that's been written about before, but I had never heard it said so or articulated so clearly, you know, just like cut and dry in a way that people can relate to. Because when we started sharing the song on TikTok, it was a pleasant surprise that connected with people quickly. And they told us, you know, and and it's so much so that we had to start playing it on the road um, <laughs> and it wasn't out yet. You know, people were just bringing it up and demanding it and obviously as an artist there's nothing more exciting than when people love the new thing you know oh yeah so we were like oh you love the thing that's so new it's not done yet okay well we got to finish it 
<laughs> so it was, it was really good. And you guys just put the video out, oh, I think yesterday now or the day before. The video is really cool. Uh, great story behind that. How you guys settle on the concept for the video. We, so, I mean, obviously we knew that we needed to be an example of someone not, you know, being emotionally available of someone even, you know, saying, I, I can't put you through me right now. And we knew that we couldn't really have Victor act as the lead in, in that situation because we had already kind of done that, you know, and uncomfortably numb and can only be mine. Victor's the lead of the story. So we're like, well, we should have somebody else be the lead of the story. And we were like, well, Spencer wrote the song with us. So let's have Spencer do it. And Spencer and his boyfriend, Jake, were just perfect for it because all Oh, wow. So th- that's, a, that's a real couple. Oh yeah, that's a real couple. Yeah. Oh okay, I didn't even know that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're 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 the best. They're good friends of ours. They're actually in the background of Uncomfortably Numb too, if you look closely enough, because <laughs> they've just been around and yeah. And so, like I said, Spencer's known Victor and I since college, and he's best friends with my girlfriend, so I see him all the time. And they were just super down. Um, it's short notice too. You know, we just all kind of got together at this weird bar slash. I don't even know what to call it. Really weird location that we shot on <laughs> and just had a, a great time. It was, it was an easy shoot and all those moments that are them sort of like laughing and dancing and have a good time just come across so genuine because they are. And then the, the scenes where they're, you know, where Jake's breaking his heart, that, that was, that was pretty rough because their, their anniversary was the next day and it's like <laughs> the night before and just breaking up with each other. Pretending to break up with each other. Oh man. Yeah. Um, so it felt, felt kind of bad there, but uh, I mean, they, they got the, they got the take, you know, it, it came out good. Um, obviously I've never filmed a music video. Is it, is it kind of, does it feel weird at all being up there kind of going through your song and having to watch and just watching these people out there act kind of, it's always, it's always weird until you like acknowledge that it is. So each shoot that we've done, especially when you have extras and by extras, I just mean our friends because we're not. You know. So everyone's standing around. The song's playing through a speaker loud enough so that Jesse can hear it while, it's, while he's drumming, but still quiet enough that no one else can really hear it. And you're just, it's a music video. So you're just yeah. watching a band lip sync a song a hundred times in a row. And then eventually between a take, someone says something funny <laughs> someone opens a drink or whatever and that's like all right yeah this is funny this is great. and then and then it's not so weird but uh but yeah you know music videos photo shoots are always sort of like is this is this my life is this what we do and then it's and then it starts being really fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's it just seems like a special kind of experience <laughs> oh for sure yeah let's talk about the be more ep like this was really Again, I don't remember if I start heard this first or put you through me or I just probably I think I just went found them at the same time, honestly. Nice. And I don't even think like I said, I only got into you guys like a month ago. So put you through me's only been out about that long, I think something like that. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this EP was awesome, man. Like I've had each one of these songs stuck in my head at some point, <laughs> just right. randomly as I'm sitting there at my desk. So I, I'd love to talk about these because there's only well, six songs in an interlude. So just kind of go through these loosely and talk about kind of how they came together. Uh, Compromise was a fun starter, I thought, because I like that it starts low and then, you know, everything comes in like a small little explosion musically. Yeah. And I loved yeah. that line deep down. I think I love the rush of the guilt. That line stuck out to me. 
Yeah, that was that was another like just one of those things that Victor just says when he's just sort of like showing you the lyrics he came up with, you know, the night before. That he's like, ah, like I don't know if these are keepers, but here's what I got. And that was just one of those ones that just cut super deep, you know. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's a that's that's a keeper. <laughs> Endeavor, I think, is probably my favorite song on the EP. Like, I loved everything about this song. Oh hell yeah! So that's that's one of my favorites too. I I love playing that one live, and that one went through a lot of different iterations. There's a very old demo of that one that sounds very different. Uh, really? Yeah, and we had a great time just rehashing it and and you know making it more us and more fun and yeah, and that one still just feels great to perform. Uh, I, I like I love the opening guitar on that. That gets me right away that's good stuff and then it sounds like you're getting a little funky on the guitar there towards the end yeah yeah i I get more even more funky live so there's there's (laughs) nice little nice little pockets in there to kind of throw some uh some soloy stuff and uh that that verse two part is usually what guitar players mention to me if they say something that they like about arrows they say like oh i really like endeavor and i really like the second verse i've had a couple guitar players say that (laughs) which i which I appreciate because I, you know, there's a lot of really fun stuff in there for me specifically. I, mean, I had a blast with that one. It's got a funky bass line in it too that I really like when that stands out because that pops. Oh yeah. When you notice yeah. it, you notice it. Yeah. There's there's the uh the little walks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That was that was all Tony, our old bass player. Yeah, he he has some really fun stuff in that one. Only be mine. This is like a sneakily catchy song <laughs> like it, it it's it grew on me uh, real quick like it's like a finger snapping song just because it, it's slower than the first two and it's like drum driven so you just once you get that beat in your head it sticks yeah yeah it's very like i don't want to say samey but it's definitely like that groove stays with you the whole time and you're sort of just letting victor tell you the story and that was and that is is a perfect example of when i was saying we kind of go in with maybe a melody that you can whistle and a chord progression and then you know me jesse and our producer will will create like a just a an atmosphere with it and victor will dip for three hours and come back with the words and it just that was one of those ones just poured out of them that was kudos for jesse for just playing that so steadily because like i said that's definitely drum driven the guitar you're like your guitar comes in on like the bird or on the chorus there yeah uh, and that's it's almost like single note stuff so that's impressive too thanks um but yeah man that one that that's the that's the sneaky one that pops into my head when i'm thinking the other ones will <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's uh i like sneaky sneaky is a good word for like uh, the video was interesting because it looked like you were filming it and just like an abandoned town we did yeah that was um that was an old street in Cairo, illinois um there was just you know there's just no one no one around so i mean we blocked off the street but we didn't really have to and we got to we snuck into an abandoned movie theater and you know it was was a really fun day because it was just like you know when you see that stuff as a kid you always have that that fancy of like oh i wonder what's in there and it's just like it was so satisfying because we just wandered around and got to go in there and just people were driving by and asking us what we were doing and they were you know generally the people that were like very excitable and, and friendly and 
It was, just a, it was a fun, weird day. You have an interlude that's next and kind of splits the EP in half, the flight. I'm always curious. It's only 43 seconds long I'm, when bands put on interludes. Like, what's so inspiring about that particular piece of music that they're like, this should be on there like that? Because it's cool. It's a cool 43 seconds. I liked it. Yeah. Well, so there's a couple reasons that we did that. So, like you said, with compromise, it kind of starts small and it's, even though the words aren't upbeat, it's very major. It's very, you know, easygoing sort of, it could be like a, like a early main song or something or, you know, uh, and then it ends with all the ways I can die, which is very dark and it sounds dark and there's a scream and there's feedback squeal and all this shit. And we were like, we need to get from one extreme to another. And these songs in this order do that, but there still seems to be a weird gap, you know, between where we were and uncomfortable now. And there was just this, Dan and I, our producer, were just fiddling around on this really nice kind of somber. There we go. I don't know what happened, but uh, I paused it. So that's where that's where I'll put I'll call a little bridge in there, <laughs> and uh, just a little bridge. There. there you go. An interlude. That's right. That's what I meant to say. That's what I should have said. Damn it. Opportunity missed. But yeah. Basically, we just needed something to kind of tie the two extremes together and uh, just sort of tease the next half of the record. Uh, if you listen closely at the end of it, it kind of has lyrics from those three songs in there. So uh, that's what I was trying to determine because it, it sounded mostly instrumental, but it, there you could definitely hear some kind of voice in there. And I couldn't quite make out uh, what it was saying. Yeah, there's there's a there's a voice saying "Enjoy your flight," and then there's also pitch shifted versions of Victor's vocals from the next three songs, sort of like playing over each other. Oh, okay, that, that's that makes it more cool. Yeah, yeah. And now that you say that, there is it is like a tone change once you get to uncomfortably <laughs> uncomfortably numb for yes. uh, the last three songs. Uncomfortably numb is awesome. I didn't know who Taylor Acorns was before this, and I just listen to her stuff like i listened to this song and your ep for a while and i only checked out her stuff this week uh maybe just a couple days ago and she's phenomenal yeah taylor's awesome uh i was listening to her stuff i'll be shocked if she doesn't blow up like she it was that good i thought she definitely i think she definitely will we i mean we got to be her backing band actually for a tour because when we toured with this wildlife it was us taylor and them and we played as her band and just the experience of playing those songs and working with her. I mean, it, it was great. And like, I, we, yeah, we know Taylor's going to blow up. <laughs> it's just good to have friends uh, that you believe in around for sure. Yeah. And um, I loved, um, and you can tell the tone difference basically, uh, I mean, almost immediately from the kind of little transition that you guys do that has like a more industrial type sound before she starts singing and comes up a yeah. couple more times that I really enjoy. That was cool. Yeah, the song. yeah thanks and i of course loved how the bridge builds to the final chorus uh, same thing it has goes more industrial type sound to it yeah industrial yeah, tom waitsy <laughs> so i use the, i may use the word industrial too much sometimes no no, no. I, I think of uh whenever i think industrial i think nine inch nails and like that kind of stuff which i i, I love i love that your brain goes there with the breakdown because I certainly was thinking of very heavy music when 
you know, when we were doing that in the studio. So. <laughs> See, that's, that's what I do. See, I make that connection. Nice. <laughs> the beer helps. Uh, permanent Vacations, the next song. I really like the, um, the way this song just kind of builds throughout it. It's catchy, but I loved uh, the way it ends. I love the extra emphasis when Victor is saying, and I'm locked and loaded, fire away the last time. And he's almost screaming towards the end yeah. there. That line, that that's stood out to me on the first listen. And then I love where, again, like uh, at the end of the bridge, going into the last course where everything drops out and it's just the drums for the few seconds there. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite moments too. It's it's by again one of my favorites live because we do this fun thing in the bridge where sometimes even instead of singing those lyrics, Victor just gets everyone to uh, scream "Hey" to the beat or, or scream something to the beat. And then if there's something for me to jump off, I jump off it, and it's uh it's great. That one's that one's very very fun live, and we kind of recorded it to be that way because we're just like, where can we get like these extreme dropout and come back in, coming coming back in moments uh, that we can jump to. Like our producer Dan would literally like stand up on a laptop and then do like a scissor kick and then be like, all right, cool, cool, keep on. <laughs> and then you already mentioned this song, but all the ways I can die definitely sounds like it has its own thing going on <laughs> on compared to the other songs. Definitely kind of the darkest song on the album. Yeah. So I'm curious how this one came about. That one was. Um... The, the original demo for that is just this little MIDI keyboard music box sounding thing that's like way slower that Victor had sitting around for a little bit. And this is beautiful. Hold on, hold on. Your audio's kind of dropping out again a little bit. The, uh, the wonders of technology and how we can drop out at, on you on the most inconvenient times. I love it. Coming oh. into play. <laughs> but uh, um, we were talking, of course, all the ways I could die. I don't remember. I don't think we got that far into the story. So how did the all the ways I could die come about? Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, Victor had just had this sort of little music box melody sitting around for a while. They just played on like a MIDI keyboard. Um, we were staying at an Airbnb when we were recording majority of be more and he was just sitting out on the porch one morning and uh he said i forget exactly how he phrased it but he was like this might be too dark it's <laughs> it's venting but like i have lyrics for that thing and he played it for me outside and i was like i mean we can't change that we gotta we gotta do that and we did even after we recorded it and everything have more discussion of like you know it's it's dark but I think people will understand and share that sentiment where like, no, he doesn't really mean that self-care isn't worth it. You know, it's, he's, he's, but it's, it's a venting session of being fed up with trying to fix it. You know what I mean? Um, and it turns out it really resonated with people and it went over well, despite how dark it is. And yeah. I, get, I mean, I get it, man. Everyone's in a dark place from time to time. Sometimes you can't just help but sit there and think about that kind of stuff. But yeah. like, the, but the song works so well. It's so good. And like I said, like this song sets itself. When I think of this album, I think of the other songs and the interlude. And then I think of this almost separately, just because, <laughs> just because of like the tone change, but in a good way, of course. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair way to think about it. I mean, honestly, I, I might look at it in a similar way where it's, it, it is very different tonally. But it even has, like you mentioned, the screaming at the end there. Yes. Yeah. We, you know, we figured 
we always want to have a diverse sound because that's what's most fun to make. It's just all different kinds of songs. So let's just set ourselves up for success. We planned for this to be the EP that people, you know, find us with. And so we were like, let's just make it super diverse. And All the Ways I Can Die really, really helps with that um, by being so different. Yeah, it does. Like I said, man, that EP, the EP was awesome. I've had all of those songs stuck in my head at some point uh, separately <laughs> on, on occasions. Uh, two other songs I just want to touch on because I can't stop listening to those either were This Time and Failing on Purpose. Those songs are are rockers man i love those songs sick thank you what what's your thoughts on those and how those came together just quickly yeah um so failing on purpose was one that we hammered out pretty quickly just in our old rehearsal space back in gainesville we wanted to write a heavier you know anti-flaggy kind of thing and i think it really came through um the and then this time this time was Actually, another one that came about really quickly. Um, we It was the last of those four to be finished. And Victor was like, hey, I have something for the next time we go in the studio. And he showed me that. And I was like, no, 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 no. We need to do that now. That's, that's, <laughs> like the, that's awesome. Um, and Jesse felt the same way. And so we took it into that same session. And pretty much, I will say with that one, pretty much just the way Victor wrote it is how we played it. And, you know, straightforward, but in a good way and catchy as hell. And yeah, man, I uh, that was super catchy. Like when I was telling a few friends, you got I was gonna have you guys on. I'm like, that's the song I sent them. I'm like, this is check out this song. Nice, nice. I I still love that that song, and I still think that song kind of does, you know, represent a lot of what we do because there's a lot of different elements in there. But it's still it's still a pop song. It's still just oh yeah, it was it, really well done. So kudos nice. to you guys on those songs too. Thank you. So. A uh, few questions to go before we wrap up. Do you guys currently have anything you're working on you can talk about? I'll phrase it that way. Uh, obviously, Put You Through Me just came out. The video just came out. Yes. We, so the video so the video for Put You Through Me just came out. Check out the music video. Um, got some new merch up for sale on the website. That definitely helps us, you know, keep the machine rolling. Obviously, pay our bills. I will say we have a very exciting thing to announce very soon. So if your followers want to uh, follow us on things, uh, we may or may not be finally playing some shows again. Um, Intent, maybe, maybe not. We're very excited about, about every aspect of it. So that'll be pretty soon. Yes. Uh, it's, it's broadly excitable. That's, I think that's broadly a good term. Excited, broadly yeah. excited. Put you through me and uh, new, new thing. <laughs> uh what are what are some of the things you and the guys are listening to these days anything in particular oh man um yeah we so we love the aces uh we love magnolia park uh, the home team loveless obviously the three bands we were just on the road with like we were talking about earlier a lot of a lot of people I'm trying to think of who else I've been weirdly going back and I'm on a huge like James Taylor, Jim Croce kick, but nice. that doesn't really, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Emlyn and uh, really like Mothica too. Scene okay. Queen is, is fucking rad. Yeah. Nice. Actually, um, you know who I just checked out that I've known the name for a while, but uh, I just listened to this week was Stand Atlantic. Oh, Stan Atlantic is great. I saw, again, I think because of Twitter and following between you and me, they retweeted or posted about their new album or something 
within the last week. So I'm like, I've seen that name for a while. I'm going to check this out. I'm like, this was dope. This was pretty awesome. Yeah. Stan Atlantic is, is, is badass. And then um, actually Bowling for Soup just put out a new album, which I'm trying to become, (laughs) which I've been listening to and has been fun since I'm going to go see them in a month. I'm like, I, uh, they have one song that they, I think put out as a single. I don't know if it was before they decided they were going to do another full album or not, but get an old sucks. And that song, but everybody's doing it in parentheses, which is clever. Everybody is getting old, but, uh, and I feel that more now than I did 10 years ago, of course. Uh, But uh, (laughs) the video for it was hysterical too, because it's just them as like Muppets doing all this stupid shit. As As Muppets? Yeah. Or or puppets as they, to match, you know, those things, the lyrics and the song. One thing that's been fun about Bowling for Soup, and I'm excited to go see them because there's literally they don't give a shit. They sing about what they want to sing about, and it's always fun. They're super yeah. clever, but and I think they're underrated songwriters, Jarrett Reddick and Cruz. Yeah, they have super catchy songs, and uh, I've never seen them live, but I I always knew that they were fun live. So this would probably be the tour to see them on, honestly. Yeah, I haven't I seen them either. So yeah. yeah, I haven't seen them, so I'm looking forward to that. And I've been diving back into some Less Than Jake albums that I missed. Oh yeah particularly silver linings which is, i think about two years old now and i think was their last album like this was so much this is really good this was like it vintage is. almost vintage less than jake oh yeah that that album is that album is super good and i i believe they did the vast majority of it if not all the tracking at boathouse um which is in gainesville so oh. that's super cool too man on this side that's just my butch walker poster that i like to point out Oh, <laughs> every nice. every every I was episode. Trying to read what that was earlier, and I couldn't tell. It's Butch, uh, Butch Walker and the Black Widows. Nice. Just a big Butch Walker fan. I I should probably, maybe he owes me royalties. I bring him up so much. I don't know. <laughs> do you, oh, I wrote that question twice. So do we we kind of talked about what you guys do pre-show. Do you have any like after-show or rituals, pre-show rituals, or is that like just hanging out and? stuff like that i'm always curious like we mentioned the foo fighters and like what they yeah. do you talked about just hanging out outside getting some air drinking some water and then joking together before you go on stage yeah i always want to go on in a good mood I always want to go on uh laughing if possible you know as far as post-show stuff goes i mean we usually at, with this at the stage that we are at you know the size we're at we our post-show ritual is packing up and getting the fuck off the stage as fast as we can. Um, and we've gotten really good at it. So if we have a 30 minute set time, we play for 25 and then we only take usually seven minutes to get off the stage, sometimes six. So we're really only, we're not even using the changeover, which I'm very proud of. So, you know, maybe someday we'll have a nice calm down post-show ritual, but for now it's get your ass in gear, do the thing. And you know, you're at work, get it done. And then my closer question. So let's say this is some amount of time down the line. You guys have taken over the world musically. Every band is begging to be on your world tour that you're going on. What's, uh, what's your dream lineup here? Who would you love to tour with? We'll go. We'll, I'll just say up to three bands. Just up to three bands. Okay. So if you haven't heard of this band, you need to look them up. There's our friend's band is called the home team. They are one of my favorite bands. They're fucking phenomenal. We really want to tour with them, but that is probably in the nearer future than when we take over the world. So when we take over the world, (laughs) the band Camino, the aces, 
and uh, and Magnolia Park because they'll they'll probably have taken over. That's a that's another name I've seen a lot over the the few years that I need to check out. Magnolia Park is is awesome, and they are from my hometown, Orlando. So they're a band that means a lot to me. They crashed at our place in Nashville when they were on tour recently, and we got to hang out with them and all just super super nice dudes yeah that's kind of i mean that's really cool what's it like do you ever get like starstruck from some of the people you've just crossed paths with so far either being in nashville or on tour like bands that you've listened to that like holy shit i can't believe i'm hanging out with you guys now or we're talking or having a conversation on something i not not particularly i mean i guess there's been a few there's been a few instances where like I'll, I'll meet someone who's really huge in the industry or something like that, but I, I never really have enough time to sort of be nervous because you're just doing something and they're there too. And you just, <laughs> you just realize it. But as far as meeting artists that we listen to, I would say that maybe like two or three years ago, I would be super, super nervous, but now we've been doing it long enough that there's sort of this mutual respect there and I can kind of like speak the language of the industry and ask good questions and everything. And it's usually just more fun than anything. Awesome. Um, but obviously there's a level of that where that breaks, right? Like if I met Dave Girl, I wouldn't know what to do with myself, but I would love to. <laughs> so I'd probably just stand there kind of with like my mouth open. I'm like, and just be like, I'll probably be saying the words. I don't know what to say out loud. I feel yeah. like that's, that's how that's <laughs> going to go. I would, I would, I would, if I knew I was going to meet him, I would probably just do my research on like, barbecue so i can talk barbecue <laughs> some a little just something they don't expect i feel like something that's more, what, that's what will draw them in yeah something more entertaining than you know how you doing you know what i mean i i, I don't know like I don't, I don't know what i would say to him but <laughs> obviously that the yeah i would be nervous for certain people of course <laughs> awesome so i think that's gonna do it on this episode sir sick well thanks for having me chris awesome so that'll that's another wrap on another successful edition of stories from a bar big thank you matt fowler of arrows in action for being on the show i appreciate you taking the time to hang out and chat this has been super fun for me like i said i've enjoyed the band's music uh i'm looking forward to the next time you guys go on tour and come to the area i'll certainly be there sick that would be awesome yeah just let us know we'll uh believe we'll be there very soon uh hypothetically maybe broadly excited for the possibilities in the future (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) and for everyone else listening out there if you're not doing it already be sure to like and follow arrows in action on all the social media pages to keep tabs on everything they go and have going on music merch uh anything you want to throw in there before i close this out stream put you through me and uh follow us on tiktok for constant funny stuff and tour announcements i have to admit i'm not on the tiktok i don't really do i haven't i just haven't done it twitter and instagram do just as well especially for announcements okay i don't i i don't know what i would put on tiktok it would just be videos of me drinking beer and listening to music well you know what 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 we've learned from tiktok there's an audience for anything so i guarantee you you can get onto beer tiktok there okay i might have to look into this 
<laughs> and a huge thank you out there to everyone for checking out the show. You can, of course, follow Stories from a Bar on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Stories FAB to keep up with everything going on with the show and fun things coming up. Also, be sure to check out Popcorn and Pints streaming on Facebook and Twitter, nine o'clock on Saturday nights. That's another podcast show I do with friends where we just kind of get drunk and talk about movies that we've watched. That's fun. We make some very insulting jokes at each other. We laugh. We have a good time. So check that, that out. Great. Uh, you'll find stories from a bar on all major podcast platforms. So be sure to like and subscribe. And even more importantly, leave fantastic reviews and share the hell out of it, people. And go see Arrows in Action and listen to their music. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. cheers.